Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Oh, let's go quickly to the Word of God. Father, we thank you. We exhort you once again tonight. We just magnify your name. Uh, we come before you to receive instructions, light, understanding of wisdom. And with the mind of the Holy Spirit, God, that you place in our heart the reality of your life and spirit, even as you come through the world. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so we continue with our study on, say, from the present evil world. Say, from this present evil world. This is part number four. Say, from the present evil world. This is part number four. And again, uh, the text is Galatians 1, verse number 4. And the Bible talks about Christ who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. That he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and that of our Father. Amen? All right, but there's an interesting passage I want us to read from the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, and verse number 4. Um, we've been able to define what the world is. I'm going to see more of that. Uh, Ephesians 1, verse number 4, the Bible says, According to us, he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, and without blame before him in love. According to I has chosen up before the foundation of the world. Now, the word foundation translates from a Greek word, katabole. Katabole is a compound word that is made of B-A-L-L, ball, and K-A-T-A, kata, katabole. That's where it comes from. And uh, when you look at the foundation here, it's not talking about when the globe was laid. That's not what he's dealing with. I will explain that to you now. So these two words came together, katabole. Now katabole means to throw down. To throw down. Amen? Bole actually means to, to cast down. Then kata means down. So when you join katabole, what you mean is to throw down. Right? Okay. Um, let me explain it again in a different way. What is I trying to say? Before the wall came into the realm of corruption, we have been chosen. Not before the wall was built. That's not what he's talking about in terms of the globe, in terms of the universe. That's not what he's saying here. Is that okay? Right now, um, for mariners, for instance, ship that sails in the sea, when you go to a shallow ground and your boat sank there on the shallow ground, it's termed found. Is that okay? Right. So, what it means the boat have grinded. Good. That's, that's foundation. That is the, the quickest and simplest way you can understand the word katabole. In other words, before the world came into a corrupt state, we've been chosen. Before the world got grinded, we've been chosen. Are you getting that? Is anybody following this? That's why you see the Bible talks about Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. So, it's not before the world came into existence. That's what he's talking about. But before the world got grinded, so that the life of God that was pulsating in Adam could no longer flow, Christ had been slain. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. So, when man fell from that holy and high relationship that he had with God, 
before man was cast down to this gross realm of iniquity and sin and corruption that they begin to experience Christ have been slain or we have been chosen when you say before the foundation the word before means to precede to go after to go before so our choice of the choice God made of us as sons and saints has already been made before sin entered the world is that okay all right and when this foundation took place that is when corruption finally took place the wall as it were like we've been describing was laid in the heart of men so the building of the wall was the fruit of his action like we said before i mentioned to you that the wall was not created by god and you know what the world means right system of things was all created by God. God created the heaven and the earth. He formed man, he formed the garden. But after the fall of man, the world came into existence through the song, three sons of Lamech. You remember that? Okay. Jabba, Tuba, Cain, and uh, whatever you call him. So the building of the world was the fruit of his action. But blessed be the God of, of our Father. He said, We've been chosen before the foundation of the world. And like I said, the word before is from the Greek word P-R-O, which means to go before, to proceed. Hence, the Father's action of choosing us in Christ preceded the fall of man and the establishment of the world system. So that's what Paul is trying to bring out here. According as he has chosen us in him, in who? In Christ, before the foundation, before the corruption, before man fell into sin, God already made a choice. Hallelujah. And the choice is that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That's the choice that God made before corruption came into the world. In other words, all that Cain and through the, the sons of Cain finally produced did not take God on our ways. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. Now, the model of the life that God has for us, we always find in Christ. In other words, Adam was actually supposed to depict the life of Christ in his own estate, as it were. That's why it's called the first Adam and the last Adam. Is that okay? There was a life that Adam was supposed to live. Now, that life is the life that Christ came to reveal to us. If you understand something, primarily you find that the three levels of temptation that Eve partook of in the tree were the three same levels of, of temptation that Jesus had. Loss of the eye, pride of life. You understand that? Okay. All of those things you find in Matthew chapter 4, they are the same thing that you find in the garden that Eve finally saw. Something that you can see, something that you can love. So what do you call the loss of the eye, the pride of life, and the loss of the flesh? These are the three realms that Jesus also was tempted. If thou be the Son of God. If thou be the Son of God. Is that okay? Right. And we know that if... He simply said, when, he, when, he, when she saw that this thing was good for food, she took. Is that all right? Okay. So Jesus went through that. Now, if you read the story of Jesus' temptation, you find that the Bible says, after he had finally overcome the devil, angels came to minister to him. What that really stands for is that now we finally got someone who can rule the earth. And taking the art away from the power of Satan. And that is why when he was ending up in ministering the flesh, he said, All powers in heaven and earth will be given unto me. Because that is the same thing that was given to Adam originally in the garden. But when he lost the power, I mean, when he fell, he lost the power. So Jesus came and reclaimed that power. And what's the next thing? He's given the power to the saints. 
Praise the Lord. All right. So Christ knew nothing of these external decorations of the world. What we talk about the system of the world. And those who follow the Lamb as well, they have nothing to do with that. They don't have anything to do with the system of the world. I'm going to make you see this. And I said that before. You see, anything you do without the Spirit of God is the world. In a simple definition. Amen? So, we are talking about the world that is not permanent as compared to the world that is permanent. If, in quote. In other words, the life that Adam was supposed to live, the life was Christ lived, they are permanent life, incorruptible life, the life of the spirit. The, everything is centered in the spirit. What they see, what they talk about, everything is centered in the spirit. But when you come to the world, you are now being guided, you are now being ruled, you are now being managed by the things that are around you. The external begin to control you instead of the eternal spiritual reality. Praise the Lord. So we're talking of when you move into with you know, we, we be, being chosen in Christ, in other words, we come into the place where we begin to live a life, have a walk that is spiritually ordained at any point in time. Amen? Okay. So and this life goes beyond religion. It goes beyond tradition. It goes beyond human culture. It's not a life that is centered on like what was happening to Moses' people. Touch not, eat not, handle not, and all that. Here we are dealing with the issue of the divine nature that produces love, joy, peace, righteousness in the heart of man. And that which is the fruit of the Spirit. Can we go to Galatians chapter 5? This is the life we're talking about. Galatians 5, look at verse 20 or 22. Let's take it from 22. Galatians 5, 22. Hallelujah. Here he says, But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. What's the next thing? Meekness, temperance, Against such, there is no law. In other words, no law can work against those things. Look at the next thing. The next verse says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lusts. Next verse says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit are those things. So if you're walking in the Spirit, you manifest in the fruit of the Spirit. Did you see that? If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So are you walking in the Spirit? Manifesting the fruit of the Spirit. That's opposed to the world. It's opposed to lustful desires, opposed to all of those things that you can think about. Praise the living God. Are we saying it? Right. So, you walk in the spirit by living on. Now, go back again to verse 22. And there you see that. Verse 20. But the fruit of the spirit is love. Now, you see, love binds the rest. The first thing that a spirit manifests is love. Out of that love, every other thing you can see can be found. Amen? So when you have the Spirit of God, the first and primary thing that you receive, by which you begin to walk, when you say, if you are in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, is what? Love. Praise the Lord. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, just the mid faith, all of those things. So if you are in the Spirit, this is how you walk. And this is the way Jesus walked. This is the life that he lived. This is the life that Adam was supposed to live before corruption came into the system. Are you there with me? Now, and so when you look at John 18, verse 36, Jesus answering Pilate simply said, My kingdom is not of this world. Is that okay? 
My kingdom is not of this world. In other words, it's not composed of the system of this world. It's not part of the political structure. It's not part of the economic policy. It's not part of the social structure, the way it has been designed by men without the Spirit of God. My kingdom is not part of that. My kingdom is spirit. And so, when you look at that Romans chapter 14, verse 17, it tells you that the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. Is that okay? Right. So that, that, that is the kingdom. So when he says my kingdom is not of this world, what he's trying to say, there are foundations by which my kingdom is laid, by which my kingdom operates. And these are the primary three pillars of the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. My kingdom is not of this world. And again, when you look at John 17, uh, 11 to 16, we don't have time to read all of that. Jesus simply said, even as I'm not in this world, you are also not of this world. What it means to say is, his life is not be controlled by the world, therefore his own disciples' life ought not to be controlled by the world. Get this right? My kingdom is not of this world. And then in John 17 he says, I am not of this world. Even as my own disciples are not of this world. Can you get that? Right. Now the world is external in influence. But the kingdom is spiritual. The kingdom is within. Kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy, and the Holy Spirit. So let's look at Luke 17 verse 21 for instance. Luke 17 21. Okay, take it from verse 20. And when it was the mind of the Pharisees, now it's important you understand this word. When you talk of the mind, it's, the mind, it's different from asking. Somebody can ask you a question. But when you say the mind, it's like saying, you have to tell us. You understand that? It's like saying, we are not, we are not going to let you go unless you tell us. The word used here is demand, not ask. They didn't request. They demanded. <laughs> I don't know if you get it. So, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God come and not with observation. It's not external. It's not what you see. Don't forget, it's not my kingdom is not of this world. It's not what you see with your natural eyes. It does not come with observation. It doesn't come with fanfare. It doesn't come with, you know, people heralding it and say, oh, now we see the king coming and then the kingdom is coming with him, something like that. No, that's not what it means. Now, the next verse, verse 21. Neither shall they so low here or low there, for behold, what? The kingdom of God is within you. Now, if the kingdom is within you, it also means the king is within you. Because the king must be in his kingdom. Now that means you are say, a citizen of the kingdom or a subject of the king ought to be controlled by the king from his throne where? In his kingdom. And what that tells us? It simply means just like he lived his life without external influence, you ought to live your life without external influence. Are we together? Praise the living God. Lo here or lo there. That is not how the kingdom comes. If you, if you look outside of you to find the king, you aren't going to find him. Jesus is trying to say that. If they say it's over there, don't go. If you say in Jerusalem, don't go. If you say in the U.S., don't go. You want to find Christ? Where is he? Is within you. Are you following it? That's what he's trying to say here. It's not external. It doesn't come by observation. It's not something that people point you to. And then you travel there to meet with him. It's right within you. Praise the Lord. So it's right here. Within you. 
in all the power and the might of his kingdom and his glory. So if you truly want the glory of God manifested, if you want the kingdom revealed, you must find him within you, not outside of you. Now the primary thing I'm trying to emphasize to you is this. Your life is not supposed to be controlled from the external. Praise the Lord. The spirit, you must understand, has altogether a different standard and order out of the invisible realm. The invisible realm controls the man who is in the kingdom. The man who is falling, as it were, in the wall, is controlled by the things that are in the wall. We have been emphasizing this. So the man that is in the wall is controlled by what you can see. Meaning your joy is made manifest by what you can see and handle. But the joy of the man who walks in the spirit comes from within him. Hallelujah. And that is the kingdom of God. Therefore, every organized system of the visible realm is the world. In contrast to the set apart from the kingdom of God, of the invisible realm of God's spirit. Listen, the kingdom of God is different from the, from the world because the world are all of the organization put together, all the things you can handle and see, and manage which finally ends up controlling you but when you come to the kingdom of God it's completely opposite to that because we are talking of the reality of spirit realm controlling your life even though you are in the physical land hallelujah are we still here now don't get this wrong get it right I am saying I'm going to touch it a little bit. But you see, Adam in the garden was not supposed to be controlled by anything outside of him. He had a personal relationship with God. He could hear the voice of spirit, the voice of God. You follow what I'm saying now? He said, the Bible said they were walking in the cool of the evening. I mean, God was in, walking in the cool of the evening and they heard the voice of God. He could hear the voice of God in the cool of the evening. He, he could feel God. He could have fellowship with God. That, is, that was a spiritual walk. Different from when man fell. And you remember, after man fell, even when man fell, he was still in the presence of God. But when the world was to come into place, man left the presence of God. Remember, the garden was in the east of Eden. Right? You remember that? The garden was the east of Eden. Meaning, the garden was to the west. Is that okay? The garden of Eden, the east of Eden. So now, when, when Cain came, he left the presence of God, he left the, the garden, so he went beyond the east. That is to say, God was supposed to be located in the west. And now a man was driven to the east and Cain took off from where he was and went beyond. But God was supposed to be situated in the end. That is, they was going away from God the more. It is after I left the presence of God that far that he founded a city. You begin to organize outside of God's presence. So anything you do outside of God's influence is part of the world. Whether it's church, are you still following what I'm saying? Whether it's church, whether it's ministry, whatever thing you're doing that is completely outside of the influence of God's spirit and the presence of God, which we can call the anointing, is the world. But I have good news for you. What's the good news? God, just like he made a church before the foundation of the world, He's doing something today. 
And that thing which he's doing is, is bringing man back to himself. Ephesians 1 4 says, He chose us, that is to himself, from this world, from the fallen realm of the kind of man. Now, Acts chapter 15 again, verse 12. We read this last week. Acts 15, verse number 12. Bible says, Then all the multitude kept silent and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders. God have wrought among the Gentiles by them. 13 says, And after they had heard your peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. And verse 11, I mean, 14 now says, Simon, having declared how good are the false, did visit the Gentiles, God, to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the wealth of the prophet, as it is written. After this, I will return and I will build again the tabernacle of David. I explained that to you. Which is falling down and I will build again the ruins thereof and I will set it up. And now he was quoting from Acts, I mean, Amos chapter 9, verse 11 to 12. Verse 17. That the residue, that means the remnant of men, might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles of whom my name is called, say the Lord, who dwell these things, knowing unto God, knowing unto God that all is work from the beginning of the world. Amen? Right. That men may seek after God. That's the key point. I'm doing all of these things. Verse 17 is the key. That the residue of men, the rest of mankind, may seek after God. Right? And all the Gentiles of whom my name is called. So, there is a residue of men. Not all men. But residue, remnant, few, if you will, may seek after God. Hallelujah. And that points out something to us. You see, the Bible says, as in Adam... All die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. All, all. I don't know anybody want to contest that. But whatever that means. But here we are talking about residues of men, not all. Are you sitting with me? That he may take unto himself. We can go back and read that, which is very important. Praise the Lord. Um, what verse did you see that? Okay. Verse 16. After this, I will return and build again the tabernacle of David, which is falling down, and I'll build up again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up. That the residue of men will seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called. So here we find that there's a people that God is bringing forth. Now, this residue of men that God is calling back to himself is bringing them so that they can come to that place of expression of that invisible reality of life the same time that Jesus was manifested. Hallelujah. In other words, it's bringing man back to the original state that Adam was before the fall. So that that word, we're going to find it out later. That word will really come to be. Let us make man in our image, out of our likeness, and let him have dominion. God has not forgotten that. That is the very foundation of his mind for making man. And the man that he taught to produce or to bring forth on the earth, he hasn't seen it except how it was demonstrated in who? In Christ. So we are having a residue of people. Help me, Father. We are having a residue of people that God is bringing back to himself that will finally walk this earth like Jesus walked. And these are the people that God is going to use again to move to the rest of mankind to bring them into the kingdom. That's why we now read in Ephesians 2 again now, verse number 5. Ephesians 2 verse number 5 and 6 
through 7. Ephesians 5 says, Even where we were dead in sins, how they quicken us together with Christ by grace you are saved, and I raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That was the meeting. Why are we sitting in heavenly places? So that, therefore, for this reason, for this purpose, what's the purpose? In the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards our true Christ Jesus. For by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Hallelujah. For by grace you are saved. But the key point I'm trying to make you see is verse number 7. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. We now become a demonstration of God's grace for others to receive grace. Are you following it? Good. You know, Jesus, we are told that even his words were gracious. How many of you remember that? Even his words were gracious. And that's what I was emphasizing. You can't come into this company of people if you're not working in grace. By that I mean, if you don't understand the kindness of God. You don't deal with people with severity all because you think you find grace in the sight of God. No, you will not be qualified to be among the people that God is going to use to bring the rest of mankind back. Now let me show you something. Go with me to Romans chapter Romans chapter 4. Romans 2. Let's look Romans 2 verse number 4. Let me look at Romans 2 verse number 4. Hallelujah. Okay, let's go back to verse 3. Let me just take it from verse 3. And thinkest thou this, that our judges we do such things and do the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God, or despise thou the riches of his goodness, the grace now, and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that, the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. If you don't have this understanding in your heart, you are not qualified to be among the residue of men that God is raising to sit with him in heavenly places. And one of the things that have made it difficult for some of us to ascend to the place of sitting with Christ in such a dimension is because we don't have understanding of this and so God cannot allow us to sit in that atmosphere because we're going to be judgmental. We, we, we will be ruling like Nebuchadnezzar. We will have in the spirit of Herod. Are you, are you still following this? Praise the living God. So it's important you understand that you must know that you are saved by grace. God had to enjoy all your foolishness, all your stubbornness, and just have the mind that no matter what happened, this child is going to be saved. He enjoyed all the long suffering just to bring you to himself. So you cannot come here now and become a judge over everybody. I want to condemn everybody, sending them to hell because they never listened to you. Where then is your long suffering? Are you see that with me? This is a major characteristics that those who are going to rule and reign with Christ, we have. They have to understand this, that we are saved by grace. The long-suffering of God, the goodness of God leaded us. In other words, you never led yourself to make a choice. There was something behind pushing you to go make the choice to become a believer. Are you, are you there with me? So you're not, you're not going to come to the place of becoming, because now you're a believer, therefore every other person in the world who have no belief is condemned. You send them to hell. You push them all. I mean, I don't know. Lake of fire, whatever the case may be. You just hit them there. Somebody say, you don't believe in lake of fire? I do believe. You don't believe in hell? I do believe. But you need to explain which hell you're talking about in the first place. Is it Tartarus? Is it Gehenna? Is it Sheol? Which hell do you mean? When you explain to me which one you're talking about, I'll let you know I believe all of them because they're all in the Bible. But you know, when you read the King James, the only thing you see is hell, 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 hell. 
But if you read, for instance, the Revised Standard Version, you'll be able to see, you understand that? You're going to have Tartaros, you're going to have Gehenna, you're going to have Sheol, you're going to have Hades. All of these things are held in the Bible. So he said, do you believe in hell? I do. But which one are you talking about? Are we here together? What I'm making you to understand is this. If you don't have this understanding that God by his mercy made you to become who you are, you can't rule and reign with him. Because you're going to be judgmental. You're going to be a despot. How many of you heard about the DMA in one time? You're going to be like that. No mercy, no love, no compassion. You can't rule like that in God's kingdom. Are we here? So, as you are chosen on before the foundation of the world, like we are reading in Ephesians 1 4, so that we come to this particular position, He chose us now as a residue of people sitting with Him in heavenly places, coming to the place of maturity, that we can now, through that same grace and mercy, bring others back unto God. Why? Because the ultimate goal of God is Genesis 1 26. Amen? Long time ago, even before the arts came into existence, God made a pronouncement. Let's make mine an image of our likeness. Let it have dominion. Genesis 1, 26. God has not relegated on that. He has not relegated on that. He has not changed his mind on that. That agenda is still on course. Hallelujah. Amen? No, no, no. This wonderful purpose... I must say, of God to make man in his image have been settled in the divine counsel of God from eternity past, present, in the future. God has settled this, that this is what I am going to do. Nothing is changing it. Even Adam falling did not change it. Even the devil thinking, it's, I mean, he succeeded, no, did not twat God's plan on this purpose is an agenda that is settled for life from all eternity. Now, this glory of man becoming, hallelujah. Can we get, can you get Amplified Translation, Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 3? I want to show you the real man, the real man that God is talking about. Is Hebrews chapter 1 and verse number 3. Hallelujah. He is the sole expression. Who is that? Christ. The sole expression of the glory of God. What's the glory of God? The light beam. The outrain. Of the radiance of the divine. And is the perfect imprint. That is the image. And the very image of God. Mature. Upholding. I mean nature. Upholding and maintaining. And guiding and propelling the universe. By the metal word of his power. But the definition I want you to see is. Who is Christ? Is the sole expression of what? The glory of God. Now listen, let's make mine an image of our likeness and let them have dominion speaks about the glory of God. So when you see Christ, I'll de define here, this is exactly what Genesis 1.26 is talking about. Now it's going to be hard for the man that is walking outside of God, looking at human beings and saying, how can that be? How do you imagine that man will come to this full expression? Just like Jesus had when he was walking on the face of the earth. That is exactly what God is bringing man into. So this full glory is fully revealed in who? In Jesus Christ, like we find here. The person of Jesus on the face of the earth revealed the glory of God. The ultimate position that man is supposed to come into. A all God have ordained a man to be. So when we talk about the residue, like we find in Acts 15, when we talk about those one in, I mean, Ephesians 2, verse number 7, 
of those sitting together will cry that in the ages to come. We're talking about men who will attain to this place of express glory as the sole expression of God on the face of the earth and having in their heart the spirit of goodness and mercy and love and the forbearance and that will be able to go forth and bring men back unto God. Are you there with me? Now, you see, you can begin to walk in this dimension in your home. Somebody said, what do you mean by that? Because you see, you have opportunities of being a judge almost all the time within your family. How do you handle issues? You see, Paul was saying this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6. Let me show you something that will come back. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 1. Hallelujah. Does any of you dare? You can take from King James to make it shorter. Hallelujah. Then any of you having a matter against another go to the law before the unjust and not before the saints? What's that supposed to mean? You have a problem. Is that okay? Do you not go to the law court or you go to the household of faith? Do you go call a brother so that you can discuss it and settle it? Instead of taking the brother to the law court, what's the next thing? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? That's what I'm saying. And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge smallest matters? So judgment starts from smallest matters. People quarreling, that's the test of your sonship. Did you get that? There's are people having problems. How do you settle matters in your home? How do you settle matters? Between two children in the home, the husband and wife, how do you settle disputes? You're coming to the place of glory and maturity. The first ground for testing is settling smaller matters. If you can't settle small matters, how are you intending to judge the world? <laughs> glory to God. Are you still following what I'm saying here? Praise the Lord. Uh, you see, when you put these scriptures together, you'll be able to see what God is intending to do. You can know a mature Christian by the way he handles matters. You can know the man that is already moving into the place of that. If I, oh, come on now. Give me Hebrew chapter 5. Let me show you something. It's difficult to move out of this portion, but maybe we we'll just. Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 1. For every high priest taken from among men, ordained for men, is ordained for men, for in them pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. What's the next thing? Who can have what? Compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way. For that he is also is compassed with what? Infirmity. But the point I want you to see here is this. Functioning as a priest. The force that qualifies you to function as a priest is what? Compassion. Hallelujah. Compassion. That's the first thing. You see, Jesus, he will minister to the people and say, and he had compassion on them. And he had compassion on her. And he had compassion. The thing that guided Jesus' ministry in all of the miracles that he performed was what? Compassion. Do you have compassion? Stepping into sonship, these are the things that qualifies you. So it's not enough to say, we're sitting together, we cry heavenly places. That is not enough. What is the level of compassion that you already have in your heart? And these are the things also that makes it impossible for you to attain to where you are supposed to be. Praise the Lord. So, Adam, the man in God's image, walked among the very beauty of Eden in the living presence of God. When God formed man, placed him in the garden, let me mind an image and let it have dominion. Right? Genesis 2 7. And God formed out the dust of the ground and break through his nostril. Man became what? A living soul. And the living soul he created, he placed in a garden. 
And that is the man that was in the presence of God. So the man in the image of God is the man that is in the presence of God. Amen? You see, Jesus who said, I, I can do nothing except what I see the Father do. Is that not true? Hallelujah. Father, I behold you always. I behold you all the time. You begin to look at the statement of Jesus and find the relationship that he had with the Father. So coming to the place of being the sole expression of God is to manifest all of the attributes of God, the invisible God in a physical realm for others to see. And one of the things that is a driving force, in fact, it's not a driving force, the very nature of God is not his character, it's not his attribute, it is his nature. And what's his nature? Love. What did the Bible call God? God is love. No, the Bible didn't say God has love. Hmm? God is. So, God is love, love is God. Are you there with me? So the man that is actually in the presence of God is the man who is becoming the image and likeness of God. That whatever thing you do, you propel, guided, and led by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Here in the garden, you could hear the voice of God. You live by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, live this life by the proceeding word. Oh no. That's the problem we have, I think. And Jesus came and he made a statement. And the devil said, turn the stones into bread. What was the reply of Jesus to the devil there? That must not be by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded. Now Adam was living by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. Can you get that? So the man who has come to the place of the image and glory of God is the man that lived by the proceeding word that comes from the mouth of God. How much of him are you hearing? The voice of God. For you to be sitting together with Christ in heavenly places, that means you have to have spiritual download that guides you. And often and again, that will be how God speaks to you. So Adam was living in the presence of God. He could hear God. In fact, his life was based on the proceeding word of God. Hallelujah. And so when Jesus came, he made that statement. It's a reference to the fact that if Adam had not fallen, he would have lived this way also. So one of the signs that you're falling from the glory that God has brought you into is when you don't hear him anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know if you have followed what I'm saying here. Because if Adam was walking with God and hearing God's voice in the cool of evening, the Bible says, and then when he was driven from the garden, there was now a separation between him and God. There was a distancing COVID-19 distancing. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the living God. I don't know if I get what I'm saying now. Uh, distancing. You see that? So it began, distancing was not taking place. So there was no way Adam can contact God in any way. No. Even the voice was shut down. That's why when you receive the spirit, you bring brought back to the place where you can hear God. God begins to communicate to you in the spirit. Why? Because the kingdom of God is within you. Hallelujah. In the garden, God was his life. And his every motivation, action sprang from that source. His life. And that life was within him. And Jesus made this kind of statement in John chapter. You see, when you compare Jesus... In his life, you can just say that this is a life that Adam was supposed to live because the Bible talks about the first Adam and the last Adam. Is that not true? Good. So we have the first Adam and last Adam. Now, if you see the last Adam 
and you begin to study the last Adam, everything you see in the life, the last Adam, is what ought to be in the first Adam. Look at John chapter 5, verse 26. For you to see what I'm talking about, that everything that Adam was supposed to live by was within him. John 5, 26. For as the Father had life in himself, come back out, son, Katia, so that he has given to the Son to have life in himself, also, if you will. Hallelujah. For as a Father had life in himself, so had he given to who? To the Son to have life where? In himself. All life was heavenly before Adam's fall. Is that okay? Are you following what I'm saying here? And so Jesus is saying, God has life in himself. And he has given the same authority, the same privilege to the Son to have life within himself. And Jesus will say, as, I mean, Scripture will say, as he is, so are we in this world. Meaning, if he had life in himself, we ought to have life within ourselves. You follow me? So the question is, where do you draw life from as a son of God? <laughs> where do you draw life from? Praise the Lord. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Have you read that in your Bible? That means there is a leading that comes from within. There is a prompting that comes from within. I want to reemphasize this. Any, even if it is Christianity, even if it is church, whatever thing you're doing, if it's not motivated by the Spirit of God, no matter how perfect it is, it is still the world. Because you see, all of the children of Lemek, Cain, 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 Juba, Cain, all the crazy people, they have things that they brought to light. Cattles, tents, have iron. They brought all of these things to light. But yet, without God. Did you get that? For Cain was of the wicked one, of that wicked one. And the sons of Cain were the product of the wicked one. But yeah, they could do all of these things. So you could do something very perfectly well, maybe church organization, whatever, name it, you can do all of those things. But then, if God is not involved in it, if the Spirit of God is not involved in it, you are still in the world. Hallelujah. So when Adam was in this realm, just as he had life within him, every sound that he had was heavenly. The things he saw were spiritual things. The things he touched and smelled and tasted were spiritual realities. Everything in his life was spirit. Because there was spirit resident within him. Hallelujah. At this point, I remember there was no war, no cosmos, no organization, no system. All the systematic things that finally came into being were not affecting Adam. Adam was not living by the things that men have developed. Hallelujah. It was not having anything to do. Take that from me. John 5, 26. As God has life in himself, so has given the son to have life in himself, so Adam was the son of God. Remember that? Good. And the Bible made us understand that clearly. So in this instant you find that everything that Adam was living by was coming from the spirit that was resident within him. He was not living by anything external. He was not living by any organization. He was not putting any structure in place. No, it was not something what man designed. No, 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 no. Everything was coming from within him. The prompting of the spirit, the motivation of the spirit, his language, his talks, tasting. Oh, Bible even says, taste the Lord and see that is good. How many of you have read that? Right. 
and then John was writing saying the word of God which have seen which have handled which have tasted the word of God how many of you understand that right everything was spirit you know before the world came into place but what I'm trying to make you understand is Adam before the world came into existence was not living by anything of the world nothing external influenced him in his decision making hallelujah there was no actual constituted order of any kind there was only God and man it is interesting to note that the world does not appear anywhere in the history of creation and the fall world never appeared anywhere how many of you remember that good follow the history of creation the beginning god said beginning god created you know the first day the second day the third day there is nothing about the world the world came into being from genesis chapter 4 reading from 16 through remember that praise the living god so all organization why there's there's nothing wrong in being orderly yes i love order and everybody knows that i love order all of those things beautiful we can do all of those things but the point is this may god's spirit be involved in it or else it's still the world because you can't organize more than chuba king you can't organize more than any of those guys tent music you can't organize more than them you know someone who pray will create harmony and symphony in music heavy organization is there but yet without a world i mean without the spirit of god amen so again you look at down before we begin to round up in first john chapter 5 verse 19 we read something there first john chapter 5 verse 19 and we know that we have god and the whole world lieth in what in wickedness the whole world lieth in wickedness by implication anything outside of god is evil if you will not in the sense of i mean i just want you to pick that when he talks about wickedness anything wickedness anything iniquity is without the law because the world iniquity actually means lawlessness lawlessness that's iniquity is that okay right anything iniquity is lawlessness that that thing that does not you see you know what satan is trying to cause everybody to do is to look back we you see we we can um, paul says something i was sharing this with somebody recently I mean, person is getting crazy, things are going rough and everything, and because the person is thinking about her past, she's even becoming mental. I was sharing it with my wife. Sometimes people can become crazy. Things that happened to you when you were 12 years old, now you're thinking about it and you're becoming mental. Something's wrong with you. You are just like the wife of Lot. Hmm? You come out of Sodom, and what's the next thing she did? She looked back. And she became a pillar of salt. So are you surprised today that even our dance is to look back? How many of you know how we dance? Is that the word next? Huh? Everybody's dancing and looking back. It's backward now. Everybody's going backward. Just like the children of Lot. I mean the wife of Lot. I mean, it could be funny, but this is real. I, do you know how you dance now? Nobody dance straight and look straight anymore. Everybody's dancing and looking back. <laughs> and the sisters they want to add to it oh, so what is going on today everybody is going to make big boats right they want to add pillows to that they want to add to that you understand? everybody is looking back lost wife that's what the devil does just to get us away you see scripture says he that sent his heart on the plow and look back it's not fit to be a disciple now our dancing second was back because her mindset is backward. How are we going to come to the place of glory? Think about that. Hmm? Hallelujah. The whole world lieth under world wickedness. And so Galatians 1 4 that we're dealing with, what did he say now? Christ has come to deliver us from what? 
this present evil world. Get this right. So, we are saying, <laughs> because as we progress, you'll be able to see, you can be delivered, not taken out of the world, as it were. Because you see, Noah was delivered or saved from that wicked generation of his. I mean, if you remember that. And you see, Noah was already saved before he was saved. I will show you in the next section. He was in the world, but he walked in righteousness. He walked in the ways of God. So his salvation was not just because he was saved from the from the drowning people, among the drowning people, not even the ark. Before he ever entered the ark, the Bible says he walked, God find him righteous in his generation. So he was already saved before he was saved. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Right. So when you begin to walk in the righteousness of God right now, you are actually being saved from this world to be saved, and then you become among the saviors that the earth should be waiting for. For scripture tells us precisely, Savior shall arise out of where? Mount Zion, which is the church. But if you are not prepared for this, if you think it's just religion, if you think it's just coming to church and for maybe the blessings that God will bless you, if you don't have any hope in your mind, if you don't have any vision that you have, that the Spirit has cast before you, you can't assess what I'm talking about. You take your life loosely. You... You, there's nothing you're struggling for. There's nothing you're panting for. There's nothing you're desiring. Why? Because there's no vision before you. But I'm trying to make you understand that. You see, when we left school, hmm? when we left school, someone asked me a question one time, and I illustrated with this. When we left school, those of us who performed well in a secondary school, we were sent to secondary school. And then there were some students from the same school who were posted back to the same school to become lecturers or teachers or tutors, whatever you want to call that. You see what I'm talking about? Now, for me, for instance, I have two persons who repeated class. In other words, I met them in class four. Right? And I left one still in class four. <laughs> in other words, he failed twice. And so I have to repeat class twice. Now for my set who graduated, I who left school, one of them was posted back to teach in the same school. Now guess what? The same person that was posted back who was a classmate to the man now? He is now becoming his. You understand that? So, what's the next thing? When he said, Do you understand? Yes, sir. Your classmate of yesterday has become yes, sir, because he graduated. So, when sons of God arise, hallelujah, there's going to be a circle of yes, sir, people. Are you still following what I'm saying here? Look at what happened on the day of Pentecost. The same people, Jews, who went to the upper room, they came down and they had a new life entirely. And the rest of people were wondering where this man came from. They said they were drunk because they couldn't understand their life anymore. The same people that have been working with them, Peter, James, and John, they came out and they were casting out devils. The thing that they've never seen them done before. They become a wonder to their own family members. They are going to be a wonder to your family. Are you following what I'm saying? As you have been delivered from this present world, you are not just being cast into empty space. You have been brought to the place of sitting together with Christ where? In heavenly places. And spirit being ejected into your life. I'm casting a vision before you. And a time comes, man, listen, you're going to stand on a pedestal. Man, we see you, that this one has been raised by Christ himself. You're going to be manifesting from the realm of spirit. Man, listen to me. The Bible says the tabernacle of God is coming down. There's a manifestation of God's people that men will see and say, of a truth, this one has been with Jesus. Praise the living God. So friends, there is hope for us. 
God does not just initiate delivering us from this present evil world for nothing's sake. Know that tomorrow we'll be raptured to heaven. That's not why he's setting us free from this present evil world. But to impress heaven into our life that will become heaven distributors. We reveal heaven to man. Wherever we find ourselves, that will be Christ being dispensed to creation. So that we can save creation from the present evil world. We are being saved to become saviors. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.